Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. How about now? Yeah, there we go. Okay. The scripture for this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 11 through 21. Listen now for God's word for us this morning. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it is great to be here together. It's great to see all of you, see all the people who have checked in online, and for those of you who are making your first foray into in-person worship, I'm really glad that you are here with us to be together, and I think we'll find that to be a comfort today, uh, to be together. We've been in this sermon series called Supporting Cast, and the last two weeks have kind of been these um, characters that are widely unknown or unfamiliar to us. They've been uh, unfamiliar stories that the character throws a little twist in the narrative and causes us to kind of gotcha moments to get us back on track uh, with the gospel. But the characters today in the supporting cast are two largely familiar characters. If you've been to church around Lent or Easter or grew up in church, you may have heard the names Mary and Martha before. Mary is most familiar uh, to people in John 12, this very next chapter, as she breaks a very expensive bottle of Um, a funeral perfume over Jesus's feet and washes his feet with her hair in this utter act of devotion uh, to Jesus. Martha is best known in Luke 10 where she is stereotyped as the busybody, the one who can't stop working long enough. The work is too uh, important to stop and savor the experience of Christ and the awe of being in the presence 
of God. They're all too familiar to us because many of us have had that same kind of work balance, work spirituality balance, where we cannot stop doing the work in, uh, for enough time to simply be in awe of Christ or simply rest in God's presence. And some of us have even maybe been the Judas who was um, appalled at somebody's active devotion that we thought was irresponsible. But they're also intimately familiar to us because most of us on some level have asked this same question. Lord, if you had been present, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. This is a question that I have had the burden and privilege of wrestling with what I would claim is too many people on, with. People who have lost loved ones to cancer or heart disease. Teenagers and adults died by suicide, COVID cases, stillborn, child, miscarriages. And even occasionally the 90-year-old woman who passes peacefully in her sleep. Yet even in that 97-year-old woman who passed peacefully in her sleep, we were gathered in the living room and we were sharing stories and she was coming to life amongst us with these great stories that we were sharing and And this granddaughter still, amongst the 97-year-old who had lived a phenomenal life, who had had a decade of medical problems, she still looked at me and said, why? Why couldn't God heal her? If you'd only been there, my grandmother wouldn't have died. It seems that no matter how expected death is, it is still disturbing No matter how peaceful death comes, it is still troubling to the soul. No matter if our funeral and the hospital room has crowds and throngs of people who are gathered around us, it still feels isolating, like we're the only one who knows what grief is because there's supposed to be somebody in that seat next to us that's not there. And yet with the throngs of people and with the community around us when we are open with our grief when we are supporting each other in our grief there is a commonality and an encouragement that we're not the only one asking lord if you had been there my brother would not have died there was a husband who lost his wife and was very knowledgeable on scripture and i remember it so clearly when he said If heroes of the Bible like Mary and Martha can have doubt and ask this question, well, then I don't feel so bad about myself right now. There's a truth that when we do come together in grief, when we acknowledge our human loss, when we do experience this hardship together, it makes it uh, more palatable because we have seen others who have lost and yet they're still able to breathe and somehow put one foot in front of the other. When we are able to share experiences and gather around to be each other's supporting cast, we see there is a future and a hope that a life that continues. And that often can be the greatest thing you can offer to somebody is simply to be the presence that makes it okay for them to grieve. Makes it okay for them to say, Lord, if you'd been there, my brother wouldn't have died. If faith is the assurance of things we haven't seen, we have not seen on the other side of life. And so part of faith is also doubt. And being together in those doubts, being together in those questions is often what everybody simply just needs. Especially when we remember those saints we've lost. As we gather here on All Saints Day, 
to be together, to ask that question together, to go to God and say, Lord, why didn't you come? It's only two miles from Jerusalem to Bethany. There are different levels of physical fitness in the world, but that's a slow jog to get there in 20 minutes. It's not that hard of a journey. And even more than that, as Jesus hears of Lazarus' death, this friend that he would weep over, as he hears about Lazarus' death, and it must have been filled with all of his emotions and his feelings on the situation, he's got the gall enough to, to look at Thomas and say, for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. And let me be very clear, this is not Jesus looking at Thomas and saying, don't worry, his death happened for a reason. Or don't worry, God needed another angel in heaven. Don't worry, God is just a selfish God who's going to take your loved one away. That doesn't match with the God we know from the rest of Scripture. The rest of Scripture in the law, we find these laws and principles that are meant to uplift life, even for the ones who are on the margin that maybe we shouldn't care about. The God we see in Jesus is constantly healing and bringing life and healing relationships. Across the Bible, we see that God is for life. And so it doesn't change when Jesus perhaps stalls a little bit instead of rushing the 20 minutes to Bethany to perform yet another miracle. What the story brings us to Mary and Martha is, yes, we have Jesus' eyes that weep with us. Jesus cries when we cry. Jesus hurts when we hurt. But there are other eyes that we need to be introduced to that Mary and Martha get to see. I feel like Martha, when she rushes out, kind of carries a lot of our feelings with her. Martha rushes out to Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now... Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. And Jesus says her to, back to her, your brother will rise again. And, and there's often, you know, we often talk about heaven, which is real. We talk about the hereafter, and we say, you know, sometime in the future, even in resurrection time, we're all going to come back, right? We, we talk about heaven, we talk about resurrection, we talk about these things that one day we will see each other again. And so Martha comes with this Sadducean belief of resurrection and says, yes, I know, on the last day he will rise again. Right, we read that in Daniel, we read that in several other passages, this belief on, on some distant future day, on some end time, some, you know, pie in the sky, heaven kind of thing that it, it, we have to wait. And when I read this, right, I don't hear a confident woman who's saying, heaven. I hear the granddaughter who says, I've got to wait 75 years before I see my grandmother again. One day, one day, one day he'll rise again, and I'll get to see my brother that I miss. So Jesus comes back with new eyes and said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is seeing this in a completely different lens. When Jesus is talking to Thomas, it's not for some bad theological reason that he says, this is for your sake. What he's saying to Thomas is, here you finally get to see things the way that I get to see them. Yes, my eyes weep for you. Yes, my eyes feel with you. But my eyes also see what you cannot see, this eternal perspective that I know. And so Jesus is able to wink at Thomas and say, here, watch what's about to happen. I'm going to show you the truth. That those who live and believe in me will never die. Whereas we see death as a finality. 
Jesus sees death as a continuation of life. A continuation of life that simply flows into eternity. Flows into the life with God. Continues to flow because God is continuously near. When Jesus approaches the tomb that Lazarus has been in for four days, he looks up at God and says, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have uh, said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. God, Jesus says to God, I know that you always hear me. I know that you're always near me. When Jesus is approaching that tomb, there is no thought that God was ever distant from Lazarus when his biological body gave away. There is no thought that God was ever absent and turning God's back and that death had won in any case as Lazarus enters into just a state of biological not being able to keep up with life anymore. Jesus sees God as continuing through the process, that just as God is present in our grief through all things, just as God is present through our troubles in all things, God is present when our biological body gives us away, gives way so that we put on this spiritual body to live in resurrection through Jesus Christ. Where we assume death is a finality, Jesus sees it as just a continuation of the life and the life hereafter. And there's some peace to be found in those eyes. There's peace to be found in the eyes of Jesus that weep over Lazarus' death. There is peace to be found in the eyes of Jesus that weep in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's facing his own mortality. Death is not an easy thing, and it is downright a scary thing. And so there is faith and wisdom to be gained in the eyes of Jesus that look at Thomas and wink as somebody who knows Somebody who knows what's on the other side of death. Somebody who knows who death is not the end. Somebody who knows who has, uh, will ultimately usher in the mentality of staring death in the face and being able to scream and sing, where, O oh, death, is now thy sting? Because if death is not the end, then does it really hurt in Jesus' eyes? If death is not the end, is it really anything that we lose in Jesus' eyes? Jesus' eyes give us something beyond simply the tears of comfort. But they bring us the vision and the hope for the future. So we put names in the basket here as we come forward for communion to celebrate with the saints who have taken of Jesus' body and Jesus' blood before, those who have been called into service and mission through the church, those who have shown us the hope and the glory of a life lived well as we then come through communion and we we take the body and we take the blood and we join with Christ in his mission and we put the names in the baptismal bowl, the baptism that unites us, the baptism that tells us that God is always present with us, that God has led us to these moments and God will see us through these moments and God is on the other side of these moments, the baptism that unites us in one spirit we get to remember that God never left those people. God never left us. We get to honor those names knowing through the Holy Spirit we're still connected to them. So I want to invite us to pray before we transfer, uh, transition to communion. I want to invite us to pray. There's going to be a time in the midst of this I'm going to invite you to open your eyes um, because I want you to pray while you are looking at the saints who are gathered around you. So let's close our eyes and let's view the saints who have gone before us. Let's pray. Lord God, with our eyes closed, 
May our memories spark of those saints whom held our hands through difficult times, those saints whom we kissed on the forehead as we said goodbye, those saints who taught us our first words, those saints who we got to throw the ball with, taught us how to drive, brought us to church every Sunday. Lord, may we see those saints clearly in our eyes, and as tears well up, perhaps, may we know that you are crying with us. May we also know, Lord, that you are a God who has opened up paradise, opened up heaven. You are a God who has uh, journeyed with us so that we know, that we can feel the confidence of knowing that even when our loved ones passed, you never left their side. You simply held their hand in a new way. And they get to experience the unadulterated fullness of your glory. Now let me invite us to open our eyes. And God, as we look into the eyes of those saints amongst us, may we know that they cry with us. May they know that they will hold our hands. May we know that they will support us, pat us on the back, give us a hug. May we realize that we are not alone, and we never have been. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today, and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at CreekwoodUMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week.